0: Hello, hello, and welcome to today's episode of Saddest Night Out. My name is Roy, and I'm the host of this daily podcast, which is primarily about music and creative culture in London. I'm trying to keep this intro brief because the chat on today's episode is a bit of an in-depth one. I am speaking to a new member of the Saddest Night Out family. Her name is Marianne Rose Tovey. I met her for the first time... Um, At the events where I recorded episode 152 with Unique Technique and Soka Samuel, at Winston's Cafe, she was part of the band who put on that event. The name of that band is Apoplexy, A-P-O-P-L-E-X-Y, and if you search Apoplexy London Band, you will find their Facebook page. Marianne's story... I imagine there are many stories like it when it comes to big cities, particularly I can imagine New York in the 70s being something similar to this, which is the story of someone from a smaller town becoming interested in music and culture which isn't quite the mainstream and then wanting to seek out other people who share those interests and coming to believe that the big city is where you'll find such people. And that is a large part of what Marianne talks us talks us through today so we're going to hear all about the music she makes now the music she has made in the past and who she's made it with and just her story in the city of london so this is me talking to marianne tovey at the signal pub near forest hill station enjoy and i'll maybe say a quick something afterwards but yeah enjoy this chat i'll talk to you in a bit i am just across the road from forest hill station what's the name of the place we're at
1: again it's the signal
0: signal and that is my illustrious guest today what's your name please
1: it's Marianne Rose Toby.
0: thanks for joining me today we first met when I played with unique technique and I've forgotten the name of the place where we played
1: it was Winston's cafe in Greenwich
0: how often have you played there Uh,
1: many many times we um, we host uh, a a monthly night of uh, showcase Artists,
0: and you were Um, playing with your band Apoplexy.
1: Yeah, Apoplexy. Yeah.
0: How long has that band existed?
1: Uh, We formed in the summer of 2014, so yeah,
0: about five years. Just coming up to five years. Congrats on the five-year anniversary! (laughs) Now we've been talking (laughs) a little bit, and it's come to be known that was this is not the first band that you've been in.
1: No, no, it's not. Um,
0: What came first for you? Was it? Like performing at open mics or performing in a band? Uh,
1: performing... At open mics, I think. Just helping other people out. So your first instance
0: of performing at an open mic was in someone else's project?
1: Yeah, where someone would say, oh, do you play piano? Oh, well, they'd seen me play piano. And, or I, they knew that I played piano. And they'd say, oh, do you want to play piano with us? And, um, yeah, it started in about 2000 and. 12, 13 or something like that, where, you know, after years of just making my own music and and letting the people I knew hear it and giving them copies of, of, of albums, uh, yeah, I kind of got the, the live bug and thought, you know, am I allowed to swear? Yes, yes, you are. Oh, yeah.
0: thought... <laughs> Thank <laughs> yeah, you for I, asking.
1: I, right. I thought, fuck this shyness shit, I'm going to go and do it on you know, on stage, I'm going to play live, because I always wanted to do that, but um, I just had no confidence, so, yeah. yeah.
0: So, the open mic was a stepping stone towards... Yeah, yeah, what I definitely, to do.
1: definitely.
0: So, when you started playing, like, properly live,
1: mm-hmm.
0: do you remember the first act that you played with?
1: Yes, it was... Oh, what well, the first act that I was part of, or that I just helped out...
0: Yeah, the first act you were part of.
1: Um, that was live it would have been Garland's which was um, that was about 2010 um, we played a couple of shows um, and we played God, it's all coming back now I'd forgotten about this <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it's not out. <laughs> I was also in a band called the big society for a while and um, and we played in 2012 I think it was um, but with regards to the open mic scene, the first band I was part of was the band called Jerry Skills and the Los Planet Cowboys, who are still around and <laughs> notorious. Oh, <right. laughs> still notorious.
0: And has it mostly been in South London that
1: you've been playing open mics? It has. Yeah. I mean, we played a few on the other side of the, the river, but <laughs> yeah, mostly <laughs> yeah on the wrong side of the tracks. Yeah. Yeah. But we uh-huh. are a doggedly South East <laughs> London band, yes.
0: I have trekked a little bit far from home, <laughs> but it's been nice. i never
1: realised how far you had to come, you know, from, from Dagenham. It
0: was so, worth it. Like, yeah. part of why Thank I'm you. doing this is to open my eyes to new places I've never been to before. Yeah. And areas I didn't know about before. So, you lived in other places before London. Was it your decision to come to London?
1: Yes, it was. Um, uh, I was fed up with where I used to live, which was... Well, it was. I actually lived in Eastleigh, in um, Hampshire, but everything was based around Southampton. And the, the whole music scene, especially the alternative music scene, was just dying. Everything was being shut down, Uh was any good. I think they were trying to force it towards more of a handbag house culture, as it was at that time in 2001. Um, and I thought, no, let's go to London. It's just, you know, it's... what's well, it's London, isn't it? <laughs> let's, let's just go there, you know.
0: Did it live up to expectations when you first came here?
1: Um, I don't know. Yes and no, because I ended up in Sydenham, which is kind of, you know, it's a little bit of a distance out of the centre. So originally I'd had this idea that, that I'd be living a little bit closer in where all the action was and yeah. that I'd suddenly become this, um, you know, amazing uh, butterfly the social scene in London but um, it took a few years for that to happen because I was down in Sydenham and there was nothing local going on apart from a, a dodgy club around the corner I, I won't name it in case you know.
0: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we'll spare <stab> them yeah <laughs>
1: <Sorry>. <laughs> but yeah it, it, it took a little while for that to happen and I, I just felt for a long time that I was um, working in um, dead-end jobs call centres and dental deaneries and things like that. which was one of my jobs, and um, and then coming home, and then sometimes meeting up with friends. So something had to change. I I felt very um, uh, claustrophobic at that time.
0: So was there like a certain person you met or a certain event that you went to that opened the doors a bit more? to
1: Yes, what you were looking I for? I discovered a, a, an online group called Urban 75, which which kind of broke that apart which is exactly why I joined it because even though it was an online group there were regular meetups and, and people did things together and, um, and it was just people who weren't in the domains the they, they liked the counterculture a little bit and all different types of counterculture and um, and from that yeah things just started to change and social life seemed to get better
0: so speaking of change since you first came to London to mm. now. Yeah. You've been you played in a few bands. Yeah. Have you still been making your own music as well and putting yes. it out a Yeah,
1: yeah. I've been yeah, making solo albums as well. Because I've got so many ideas and things that maybe are a little bit arcane and I wouldn't want to inflict on, you know, the band <laughs> maybe. <laughs> no. Because, you know, there are certain things you complain about. some things you just think, oh no, this is far too self-indulgent. You know, like five minutes of, of um, affected um, feedback and drone noise, you
0: know. <laughs> that's a solo project. Yeah, that's yeah, definitely that's definitely, you. definitely a
1: solo project. Yeah.
0: But how, how, are there any significant changes that you've seen take place since you first came here? Because you, you've largely stayed in South London since you've been here. Since yeah. Moved here. So how have things changed since when you first arrived?
1: Um, well, the closure of um, just about all proper live venues, and the, the rise of pay-to-play um, gates, and I don't know, just a, a clampdown on culture. I mean, I think back in two thousand and one, two thousand and five, it was there was still a, a an ethos that, that came from the eighties and nineties that, that that there was a culture and, and that people support each other in it, and then of course since then you've had the atomization of culture and of society and everything's gone digital and I find that, you know, I feel a lot younger than people who are 20 years younger than me, you know <laughs> <laughs> they actually seem like they've got older lives, lifestyles and, and but, so I feel like some kind of a grizzled old rebel basically. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good way to be, i yeah. said <laughs> good way to be. So as far as getting out there the live scene things yeah, have changed. What yeah. about for you personally when it comes to creating music? How how would you go about recording yourself when you first started making albums?
1: Oh, God. Um, that was... That was on four track recorders uh, with tapes. And it could be a, uh, a very frustrating experience because sometimes you'd find that the tape would, you know, it uh, would get tape flutter or, or it would somehow acquire a crease in it and and destroy everything you've just done oh, yeah. so it was always a very on-edge experience making the <laughs> tapes and then i um then I after about eight years I went digital I started recording things on um on Cubase and on a on a, a very old computer and then um and then I'd um Press the CDs myself, well, well, not press them, but you know, so yeah. just to <laughs> copy them. <and> like CDRs, <laughs> yeah, 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 CDRs, and, um, and then, I mean, I still do make CDs of the, the music I make, and but it, a lot of it goes online. And I think the the feeling that I was actually getting somewhere actually came with MySpace because you could have musicians' pages where you could put your own music on; it would play automatically when you went on there. And then you'd have a whole list of other songs, and then sadly Rupert Murdoch bought it and completely destroyed it. And yeah. now you've got Facebook, which I've never felt is anywhere near as good. I love my actually. So.
0: Me too. Yeah. I too had a you make teenage your own band. background. Exactly. And make you, know? And really, you know, make it garish and know and a lot of that, I think all of that music was lost as well, cause it, and yeah, all
1: their servers yeah. were yeah, white seen I mean I think my page is sort of back to front and upside down, and inside out, and I can't even <laughs> do anything with it. It's all white as well. Uh-huh. Um, and all the music's gone. Uh, half of the photos have only got, you know, like part of my head on or part of someone else's leg on. <laughs>
0: Kids today, they've missed yeah. out. There was so a golden it's like age. Someone
1: hacked it, and that yeah. hacker was Rupert Murdoch. <laughs> Who I hate, by the way. I hate reading
0: Got that on record. Yeah,
1: it's
0: good. <laughs> Fuck that, you, That we can Bird name <laughs> yeah. So we talked about playing live. Mm. We talked about creating music. But what about the initial inspiration for the type of music that you make? I imagine when you were making albums, when you first started making your own music and giving it out to people. Yeah. This is before you moved to London?
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I was living in, um, in well, it's a, it's a bit of a... A suburban dystopia called um Fall. I mean actually it's probably a very nice place but you know when I was there, <laughs> At time, it felt when like that yeah. yeah. So I'm guessing uh, you were
0: in the minority with the taste of music that you had. Yeah, but
1: yeah. What, what
0: informed that taste? What opened the door for you to that type of music?
1: Um well I mean I because I was never into one type of music and I'd and I'd like anything if it touched me I'd be open to it. But the the one type of music that really did seem to, to grab me when I was teenager was um, was indie you know and post-punk that DIY ethos mm. things being recorded fuzzily on on shoestring budgets and yeah. and and then I mean there was a little tiny contingent of people who were into indie and post-punk at, at school um, only probably about 10 of us or something like that in a school of 1500 people oh, and God, um, and so yeah i naturally gravitate towards them and there was no particular massive friendship bond because we were all awkward teenagers but we'd um we'd certainly talk about music if we saw each other and oh have you got the new fall album on, on um you know lurid green vinyl or have you got the you know that box set of um of uh, of old um dump his rusty nuts recordings or something like
0: that. <laughs> so, as well as having your small coterie of people who are also into this, Yeah. How are you, where, what in pop culture? Where were you getting, like, satisfying your thirst for things that were a little bit off-kilter?
1: Uh, well, that, that kind of music. Anything that sounded, well, anything that sounded weird, but in a good way. So, The fall filled a massive hole there. I mean, before that, I was also massively into the Smiths as well, and but they split up and Morrissey declined slowly, I'm afraid. I'd still ear to anything he does, but it doesn't seem to do anything not the same anymore. No, no. Uh-huh. And he also likes Brexit, and I hate Brexit. I am a snowflake with teeth. <laughs> I hate Brexit, and... I will do anything I can personally, which is probably not very much at all, to, to, to stop it.
0: You might have to do a separate episode just to get all yeah, of that yeah. out
1: as well. I hate it, hate it, hate it. And I hate Nigel Farage and <laughs> Jacob <laughs> rees mogg as well and the rest of them.
0: Very much pleating to the choir here. Yeah, <laughs> yes, sentiments. So
1: they can listen to this.
0: we um, <laughs> yeah. can get it out to them. Yeah, <laughs> no. yeah,
1: definitely. I'm sure they're regular listeners.
0: <laughs> so... Living in a smaller town, mm. having a certain fire within you lit by bands like before, mm. making your own music, mm-hmm. coming to London to find more people that share your interests yeah. and then eventually finding them. You. Now you're in apoplexy, you've, you've found yeah, or you, like found you found
1: it. your crown. Do you feel like you found your crown?
0: Do you feel like you've found what you've been searching for all this time?
1: Yeah, it's kind of gradually Got that way. Um, I think because when we started out, I, I felt very much that we were almost, we were a little bit raw and unused to playing together. So initially, live, we were a bit of a racket. And, but we, we, we've rehearsed diligently, I suppose, and um, and played so many times. And we still play overnight because that's the most, I don't know. Um, Fertile yeah. uh, ground, you know, and it are so hard to come by that um, that we've got our own thing now. So, yeah, it's, I suppose we have kind of found a niche. You know, a few people that really do get us, and, and I really appreciate that because even if one person really understands what you do and gets you and loves what you do, that that to me makes it worth it. I'm sorry if that's cliche, but it's true. Um, and Oh.
0: So these days, are there any acts that you are still, like, Are you? is there still an appetite for live music? Are you going out to see shows around South London?
1: Yeah, yeah, every now and then. I mean, I've, for the last few years, I've been a mature student at the University of Greenwich, and, you know, um, uh, studying acting and drama, so I, I haven't really had much time to spare to, to concentrate on it, but... As I officially left on Friday,
0: congratulations again, After yeah. appearing
1: in a in a version of One Man, Two Governors, that's now it's over, and I feel a, a little sense of release and, and relief. And, and I can um, and the, the songs, the ideas, for the songs are starting to come back again as well. Okay.
0: Does this mean you'll be hitting the rehearsal studios with Apoplexy in the near yeah,
1: future? Yeah, well we're going to do. Um, We were going to go to, um, well, we rehearsed a place called Brockley Studios, and uh, we were going to go there on Wednesday, but unfortunately our guitarist uh, had other ideas, David. (laughs) No, no, he had other commitments, so so we're not going to do that this week, that's that's cool. Um, But I will be rehearsing at home with Roger, the the drummer, who's an excellent jazz drummer and a very fine uh, specimen of a man-mountain. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> I should just say that on record. Yeah. Just so he doesn't kill me. <laughs>
0: but <laughs> she'll appreciate that. So I, you do have a date for when you're next playing together, when you're next playing a show, is that right? Yes,
1: that's the 22nd of June. Um, at the, the next proper gig will be the 22nd of June. It's at um, Antenna Studios in Crystal Palace, and it's... um. Uh, the, the the headlining bands are the Happy Pill Academy who are absolute well who is, because it's one guy, absolutely brilliant. He's genius. Um, we saw him at the Paxton Centre a few months ago and he just ripped a hole in the in the evening with, with you know, the evening's because with what he was doing. And so um because I was a bit shy, I'm afraid, I've got, you um, uh, David, our guitarist, went up to him and um, asked him if he'd play at Winston's on uh, regular night, at, in, you know, in Greenwich, and um, and he said yes, and he played an amazing set uh, back in March. That's nice. Yeah. Well,
0: actually, when is the next event at Winston's Cafe?
1: We haven't quite worked that out but it tends to be monthly, Um, the last one was the 27th of April so I think the next one might be the beginning of June or something like that.
0: And as for yourself, it started out as a more individual pursuit when you were creating, you're now in a band, you've done some work in acting and filmmaking as well, Yeah. so what's the... Most immediate form of expressing yourself these days—is it solo? Is it with Apoplexy? Is it in filmmaking?
1: I don't know. It's, it's any of those. Any of them. It's—it's it's so random. It's—it's. I, it's, I mean, at the moment, I'm I'm uh, working on the director's cut of the, of my graduation film. Um, which is called um, Cracked Actress or Entropy's Lament. It's got two names. And, um, so I couldn't decide on which one to use, but um, I had to trim it right back to meet the criteria for the for the submission at university. But the, the whole thing is, I'm going to put that out somehow, probably, I don't know, on YouTube. Or, um, but then I'm going to try and get more into making proper professional films. Um, I don't know how, it's going to be quite hard, but um, I'll I'll, I'll try. (laughs) And is there any
0: sign of another solo album making its way online anytime soon?
1: Yeah, yeah, because I just can't stop the ideas coming. And and recently I've had a thing about sampling things off the television, you know, from political programs and people saying things that I think that would sound really good in the context of a loop or, or you're just creating a track around someone saying something like, um, "I was in prison in in, in Iraq," or, or um, "Xi Jinping is a uh, is a notorious uh, authoritarian dictator bastard," and "Saudi Arabia sucks," or, or something like that. Something that I I pick from, say, an episode of Hard Talk or, or News 24 or Al Jazeera, and um, and, and then just. Making something out of nothing, but that—that that piece of okay. speech, recorded speech—and
0: where my people, when that is ready to be shared with the world, where yeah. can people go to find
1: them? Um. Well, I. Yes. Uh, it'll be on Bandcamp and uh, possibly. No, I can't. Really
0: on I was going to say RIP MySpace yeah. because that's not available. Or
1: SoundCloud. There's
0: yeah. One of them. So what do people search for? Or well, maybe it?
1: iTunes if I, yeah, yes. if I can Why get started. Yeah.
0: So what's the artist's name? What do people search for to find it? Uh,
1: well that would come out as um, I, I haven't quite worked out whether it'll be Marianne Rose Tovey or or M.A. Tovey because that's a name that I used for a lot of the early ones. So, i, I I don't know, that seems a bit anonymous, so I was thinking of, um, of using my whole name. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, options I
1: haven't so decided yet.
0: And is Apoplexy, it? is that available online as well?
1: Yes, um, we've got the Suckled Under My Head on, um, on iTunes, um, we've got some songs on Soundcloud and we've got some songs on Bandcamp, uh, anywhere else. Um, I think we've got a few links on. Facebook. We've got a Facebook page But unfortunately we don't have a, a unique website Or um, a, a A Twitter account Or anything like that We don't have a band Instagram account yeah. Although I am on Instagram myself but, yeah, So yeah. you get the odd yeah, no, no. band picture On there okay. and, I, and I might put you know, Short videos on there yeah. as well it. uh, Yeah just search yeah. for Apoplexy London There is actually a um, a, a Los Angeles uh, heavy metal thrash grind called Death Metal Band Affliction. Oh no. I, I hope we don't get confused with them because they look a little bit hard and they might come over and, and beat us up. You know? Hopefully,
0: people will be concerned. Yeah,
1: we're not the same band at all, and we also um, spell our name with a small a, uh, big P, small o, small p, big L, and then small e, x, y. So, yeah. and the, the whole idea is that it's A-pop-lexi, you know, because that's how, what people know me as, socially. Lexi. I'm, I'm
0: betting the other apoplexy hasn't thought put that much thought into their name.
1: No, I'm sure they haven't, because they got like massive corn-fed chocks. Sorry, I shouldn't say that. They're definitely going to come over and <laughs> And kick our asses now.
0: Hope not. Well, thank you very much for taking us on a guided tour for your history of creativity. It's been a
1: pleasure. We look
0: forward to the future of it as well. Thank you very much. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much.
0: And that was that. Thank you very much, Marianne, for your time. It was a pleasure to make the journey down there to talk to you. And it was our first time really spending time together at all. We only met, we only got a chance to talk briefly at the show that I mentioned around episode 152. And a lot of my, I'd said a lot in the previous episode to this about why I do this podcast. And part of it was to, that it would force me to act before I could think myself out of certain decisions. And this conversation was definitely in that vein where old me, or I don't know, younger me, previous me, might have overthought it and thought, no, no, I couldn't possibly do that. But I'm very glad that wasn't the case with this because I really enjoyed the talk. We talked for about maybe two and a half hours or so before the conversation that you heard recorded. I, Again, in the past, I would just meet someone and within about 30 seconds say, hey, can I talk to you for the podcast? But this time I wanted to maybe find out a bit more about some of the people I talk to. And I thought it might be better to put us both at ease by just talking, first of all, and then later talking for the podcast. So thank you very much, Matt. I'm all over the place today. I was meant to go to meet someone else today, and but unfortunately I overslept. Although I did perform with Sean, who's also been on the podcast. I can't remember the episode number now. But he was being filmed as he goes to Point Blank, which is a music school in Hoxton, and they had a bit of a, a filmed event last night. So after speaking to Marianne, I walked from Forest Hill to Peckham, And there is an artist named, I think Cosmo Pike, who has a music video where he's walking along the streets of Peckham. And I recognised I was walking along the same street. So I walked from Forest Hill to Peckham, from Peckham to New Cross Gate, and then I got the overground train to Hoxton. Stopped by the Nelsons to grab some egg shakers because that is what I played as part of Sean's uh, filmed performance. And I tell you what, egg shakers look like an easy instrument, but woof, no, they they really, really aren't. So anyway, I had a busy day yesterday. Marianne, thank you for being a part of that. Thank you all for listening. I'll catch you on the next episode. You can find me online, Saddest Night Out, on most social media, or email me saddestnightout at gmail.com. I just finished watching Broad City, the entire series, and I'm kind of in my feelings about it. If anyone else has watched it, feel free to reach out for me. I could use a support group for that. Take care, folks, and I'll catch you on the next episode.